What's up, goons? It's your boy, Jim, checking in with some clips, highlights, moments from the streamathon, and in this case, an interview with a couple of film directors. That's right, we got Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, Frozen, and of course, the creator of the horror sitcom Holliston, uh, and also Joe Lynch, the director of Wrong Turn 2, Mayhem, and a couple segments from uh, Creepshow Season 2, which just finished up on Shudder. And they both host the Movie Crypt podcast. Uh, they were kind enough to set aside some time, give us a little content for the streamathon as a couple of vets themselves going through uh, multiple Yorkie-thons, which is a 48-hour uh, broadcasts that they do to raise money for Yorkies every December. Um, so check it out. And if you enjoy it, make sure you check out some of their projects and uh, go ahead and give them a tweet. Let them know you heard them on Jim and them and there's some kick-ass dudes. Thanks, guys. Welcoming here, uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch, of course, of the movie Crypt and a plethora of Hollywood projects. Uh, so I guess first off then... Were our tweets annoying? You could be honest. Yes. No. Uh, they were the worst. Oh God! I like. I. I just wanted to just get off of Twitter at that I, point. No, we're kidding. We're kidding. Yeah, I think I only saw a, a couple. There was because you guys only tweeted once, right? And then it was a bunch of other people or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I, I guess it. It didn't feel like it was a barrage, but I just wasn't sure. You know, if we we're being annoying or not. Look, from two guys that would be doing the same thing for like what five times in a row now with the Yorkie-thon, where it's like. Hey, wouldn't it be great if Tom Savini was on? And the next thing you know, it's like everyone else is saying that. And then Tom Stills goes like, no. Our problem is everyone always says yes. And then they just don't show up. Like, that's a good that's point. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right. So, so this could have been totally like that. We're like, yeah, we'll come on. And then 105 goes by, 115. Boy, they're not getting on Zoom yet. What's going on here? What a bunch and of jerks. Not that, yeah, not that I thought you guys were jerks, but I just figured my luck that maybe that's something that would happen. So again, thank you. Um, so now, uh, I guess I, I've been listening to you guys for a couple years now, but I haven't been listening since like the start of the movie Crypt. I've always been aware of your films and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. Oh, this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. You're not a completist? Bullshit. No, actually, it's a good thing. He knows the movies and not just the podcast. Oh, That's a good thing. Oh, so yeah. we're filmmakers and not podcasters. Yes. Oh, oh, we love you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's that's where my curiosity kicks in. I don't know if this has been covered, but like, so how did you guys meet and kind of become, you know, the Adam and Joe that we know now? Um, back in, God, I guess like the mid 2000s when uh, both of us were about to put out our first movies for mm -hmm. Joe, it was Wrong Turn 2. And for me, it was Hatchet. There was like- It was October of 2006 to be exact. Oh, all right. If you, if you want context. Wow. I remember these things. You were just, oh, somewhere in the mid-aughts. God, I feel like a dude who just forgot his wife's anniversary yeah, or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little offended. Um, so, yeah, there used to be a thing that we jokingly called the Fright Club, where everyone had sort of just started to, to meet, and there's a dude out here named Spooky Dan, who a lot of people know. We kind of jokingly consider him to be like the mayor of the horror crowd, and he just just the most wonderful guy huge cheerleader of anybody trying to get anything done in the genre and he used to have these get-togethers in his backyard where he would screen two movies and most of the time there were movies that weren't out yet because he was friends with the filmmaker and that was the first time we met and i was on one side of the backyard kind of holding court and 
doing my thing and telling jokes. Shtick. Yeah. And then across the the backyard, I see somebody else doing the same thing. And I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. And, and what Adam didn't know, or at least didn't know at the time, was I was doing the same exact thing. Was, who the hell does that guy think he is? Mr. Ha Ha over there talking during the movie. What a jerk. Yeah, I'm the funny one. And so then we both kind of made our way to sit next to each other because I was trying to size him up and he was trying to size me up. And then that was it. Yep. It was it, within 10 minutes. And we bonded over talking about Harvey Weinstein because at the time, holy you shit. were, see, I remember these things. Yeah. Cause the Weinsteins wanted hatchet because it was you like, you were in this awesome, weird conundrum moment where you're like, well, you know, actually it was probably a moment that I probably would have walked away going like, what a pompous ass, but you were going, well, you know, I have, uh, you know, the Weinsteins want hatchet and then Anchor Bay wants hatchet, but you know, there are pros and cons towards both, but here, like, but you were being sincere about it too. I can't like, wait till two hours from now when we realize Jim hung up like yeah. forever ago and he's, <laughs> we're still going. <laughs> but that, but really that was the first time that we actually like connected. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's, there's two ways to approach something in this industry. Like when either it's somebody new who's coming up or just somebody else who's doing the same type of thing you do and is really good at it. You can either be like a bitter competitive douchebag or be friends. And uh, both of us have always opted for the latter. Or just keep your enemies closer, you know? Uh, oh, wouldn't that be true? Like we actually hate <laughs> each whole, other this whole this time? This whole time, it's been one long war of the roses and I'm just waiting to strike. Yeah. <laughs> See what got in the like right now. <laughs> well, that's that kind of ties in what I was gonna ask as well. Like, do you guys get competitive or do you ever have some bitterness every now and then? Like, it feels like that could still be natural. No, I wish I could joke about that, but honestly, no, no, uh, it, you just don't like if somebody's truly your friend, their their wins are your wins, and even more so, their losses are your losses. Yeah. But uh, something I've always uh, like, I guess, a perspective I've tried to always have on it is uh, out of all my friends in this industry, there's nobody who's doing exactly what I do, like just. Uh, for instance, like Holliston, there was no one else in the horror crowd whose big dream was to make a sitcom about, you know, struggling horror filmmakers. Like literally nobody was trying to do that. So it's a little bit easier, I guess, to not be competitive. But if I was, uh, if I wasn't writing my own material, if I was constantly just chasing open directing jobs and always up against the same people and, you know, often, are all the time losing out to them maybe it would be different i guess but. i guess uh, but like you're right there there's been we've we have a lot of similar like path goals i guess you could say but at the same time you've gone at it in one approach and i've gone at it at a different approach and i think that's also helped us when we've had those down times where we can confide in each other, especially like we, we're doing this at the Aeroscope office right now. And we've, there have been plenty of times where Adam will, be, Adam will be on one corner and I'll be on the other. And then there will be a moment where it's like, oh my God, in a good way. And you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. And then there's the, oh fuck. And to be able to have someone there that you can commiserate with on both a professional level and a friend level too, it really does help because as much as there is such a community of horror fan, like horror filmmakers here, 
there is a bit of competition, but at the same time, like we've heard many times before, like people can be petty and, you know, like they'll say like, oh man, great job. And then next thing you know, they're going like asshole, like I was up for that job. And we've never had that, thankfully. And I think that's part of the reason why the dynamic of the movie Crip works too, is because both the fact that we're together, but come at it from different approaches allows us to be objective towards each other on the good times and the bad. Yeah. Also to add to that, uh, you know, we started the podcast mainly just as extra promotion for season two of Holliston. Yeah. And we were just going to do it for those 10 weeks. And then it, it took off and it's not ever lost on us that whenever one of us has a new film coming out, like if you look through that guest list, maybe three people <laughs> have ever like posted something or been supportive of whatever we had coming out yet when they have something coming out, they're like, Hey, uh, what's going on? Can I come on the show? And uh, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a couple of years. Why not? Right. So yeah. it's, it, it is true. You're lucky if you can have even just a handful of like true friends in this industry. Well, on that, not to plant the seed of discontent, but I did notice that Joe gave hatchet four stars on Letterboxd instead of five. Really? Uh, I'm sorry, but five stars are reserved for movies like Dawn of the Dead, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Schindler's List. Like, and I, I'm I'm allowing Hatchet to ferment into the classic that it's become. If I already hit it with five stars, there's nowhere to go. Well, right. I will say you did give Victor Crowley five stars. Well, because I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw Hatchet two, probably also had. Uh, at least four and a half stars for my riveting performance as guy who gets jaw ripped off. How about this though? I oh, no. signed up for Letterbox simply to give Mayhem a review, and I've never used it since. So, what was your review? Five stars. Bullshit. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't to think that's true. I gave my own movie a half star. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think you helped the algorithm one bit, sir. Yeah, because I was gonna say I actually couldn't find Adam's profile, so that I was gonna try yeah that, but I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. well, maybe I don't even have one. But I always get these like notifications, like, "Hey, it's been a while." I, I think you actually signed up for Letter Cox. Oh shit! You know the porn site, which that I which like, Mayhem is also on. <laughs> when I was trying internet dating, and you guys were all like, "No, it's called Grinder," and I was like, "All right," but it's just dudes that I keep getting matched with, and I haven't matched with a chick yet. Whoops. But hey, at least you, you're at least there's some dudes you matched with. You got to look on the on the bright side. Yeah, me. Uh, yeah, they're all really nice. I'm just not looking for a romantic relationship, you know. So it's it gets awkward because you got me. Yeah, exactly. And Arwen. who needs grinder when you've got Joe and a dog? Now, well, yeah. Speaking of Arwen, um, uh, Yorkie Thon, it's a great thing you guys do every year. You do it every December for people that aren't aware of it. So we're doing kind of a streamathon uh, on our own. Uh, I don't know if we're good. We're not doing the full two days. We're doing like probably at least 30 hours. So do you have any tips, any advice? Um, well, first of all, congratulations oh, and um, good on you for, for doing this. Uh, Austin told us that uh, you recently lost Lucy. Yes. That was her name? Yes. Um, yes. Which we're very, very, very sorry to hear that. Um, we totally know exactly what that's like and it's, it's awful. Um, but the fact that you're turning that into something good mm -hmm. and that you're going to help save dogs who inadvertently are going to go on to save people, um, the people who adopt them, their lives are going to change for the better, no matter what. And, um, that's just amazing to see. And, uh, you know, of course 
it's like we couldn't we couldn't be on your streamathon live uh it just the, it, the notice was too short but then yeah. this morning we were doing an interview for a documentary and then we have our own show but like we had to make this happen because how can we keep like putting it out there to people get involved in a charity you know be kind to animals do something for animals and then you guys are doing this and it's like we have to we have to make time for this um even just for our own like egos well, no, just <laughs> But what you're doing is really good. And yeah. um, anybody who's got any type of audience, uh, the more you can put positivity out there. I mean, especially right now, it's just, it's desperately needed. Um, advice. Uh, let's see. Obviously, a lot of caffeine uh, is the yep. big one. Also water. Yes. Hi, well, uh, this is me speaking. I don't drink water. You drink water infused with brown and caffeine. So there's water count. in coffee. It counts. Um but yeah, I guess don't don't take a nap. Uh, there's yeah. people all the time are like, you guys need to at least take breaks every now and then. We but never do. If you take a break, you're going to feel so much worse waking up from it. Neither of us do naps well. I don't know why I, I no, I'm, tell people that because I know you so well too. But the second you take a nap, your brain chemistry changes. And for something like that where you have to be on, and, you know, there's breaks, you know, like that's one thing that if you have an opportunity, like right now with a pre-recorded interview where you can take a break and just stand down for a yeah. second, but you can't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. But if you can just take a breather and like get out and get some fresh air or something like that, if there's any moments like that, take them. Also, um, change your socks. Yes. I was just going to say the socks <laughs> is a huge thing. That's something that we learned from like metal, like metal bands on the road, yeah. which would be always change your socks. If, because there's nothing like a fresh feeling of like new socks that you just buy a whole pack from target and you'll be fine. Uh, brush your teeth a lot. Uh, that helps if you do that at least every, like, I don't know, like six to eight hours. Uh, it, it just kind of it really I feel does. like we're parenting a 13 year old. It's like fresh <laughs> socks, brush your teeth. Don't take naps. You'll be fine. And um, if you're raising money, you'll find that if you are starting to feel really tired or sick, if you just look and watch that number keep going up, like every time you check and the number's gone up, it gives you this like rush mm -hmm. of joy and that adrenaline will, will keep you going for sure. What are some of the other things that you're going to do? Because like for us, we had, and I think this really helped us too, was we had a constant stream of people, at least before the pandemic, coming in and, you know, being part of it, like in the house, being able to interview. So like anytime, like when you have Bernard Rose leaving and Don Coscarelli, like, coming in and you're watching these two ships of horror pass by it again it gives you that jolt you know and those two were meeting for the first, the first time, time. it was, was crazy yeah. but we also change it up so that it's not just interviews like we'll have live music we do script readings the commentaries and yeah. stuff um and commentaries can be dangerous though because like a lot of times it's the movie unfolds and one of us who well, you, because uh, I'll be sitting there going, dur, 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 last action hero, blah, 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 commando. Uh, and then I'll look over and Adam's like, oh, God, fuck, shut up, yeah. please. I'm going to go to sleep now. So it, it's more about like the kind of activities that you also do. Do you have like other things that you're doing as well? Yeah, we well, we definitely were thinking because uh, we do commentaries as well. So we're thinking of something like that. I did have the fear that it might lull us a bit. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like sleepy time. Um, we do have some unproduced scripts and shorts that we might do readings of. So, yeah, we're kind of on that. That's a good idea. Uh, That's for the, cool. 
for the That's overnights, really... we're definitely thinking scary stories or like busting out the Ouija board, like making it a classic, uh, like slumber party party jam. Um, we probably want to invite some listeners maybe to do some guest hosting with us if they want to. That's a good idea. Of, yeah, like attack a bit or a topic with us, kind of hanging with the with the crew. And yeah, maybe we'll have we have some different like a different host is in California now, but he'll probably join in for a little bit and some other people kind of on the docket. Um, that sounds okay. great. Uh, we this past Yorkiethon, uh, Yorkiethon five, we had some of our friends from other podcasts were able to join us this year because we were doing it over Zoom. Because before the pandemic, our rule was always that everyone had to be in studio, which really kept the quality of the show at a certain level, but it also very limited us in terms of potential guests and stuff. So this year, uh, Brian Quinn and Brian Johnson from Tell Em Steve Dave joined us for a little bit and Doug Benson uh, and uh, the guys from uh, Junk Food Cinema. Mm -hmm. um, so that really, it, it's just awesome when another podcast kind of steps in, even just to talk for a little bit, but it just shows that camaraderie for a charity event. And I think that's really important. The biggest mistake we ever made in programming though, uh, Yorkiethon 3, we decided to do the original Star Wars trilogy oh, back yeah. to back at starting at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. So the final day and what was that like seven hours of Star Wars yeah. without anyone who actually worked on the movie. The only person who chimed in was uh, Mike Mendez, right? At one point in Mike come, come well, by. Let's see. There was C Corey Culp uh, sat in for a little bit yeah. of one of them, but there was nobody who actually worked on the movie. So it was just a lot of Star Wars appreciation, which you can probably get anytime, anywhere. But yeah. And, and it's also it, the type of movies that they are as much as you think that you can go, I can talk about Star Wars for 15 hours. No. Nope. You watch how fast you'll go, oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, this is a great scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't really engage. But then when you have, like, say, Tom Holland come in and sit down and talk about Fright Night, it's like anything that comes out of his mouth is gold. Or anybody who's associated with the movie, that always helps because you're getting, well, you're getting a live commentary, so you're getting new insight you might not have heard before. And there's also like just the <clears throat> polite appreciation of I can't fall asleep next to Bernard Rose when he's talking about Creepshow. I was going to uh, say about Candyman. Uh, we the the marathon is one of very, very few times where we'll have people on who have previously been on the show before. For the most part, I think we're like, what, 415 episodes in at this point, And we've only had a guest come on like a second or third time, maybe like five times. And uh, if you can have people for your marathon on that you don't know yet, that maybe you've never met before, uh, that right there is going to make, it's going to just make sure that it's going to be a great conversation because you're going to be so excited and, and on your A game. So that really helps. Perfect. Uh, this is a question we ask everyone. Um, who are you beefing with? Hmm. And you could be honest. Don't be Hollywood about it. You can tell us who you're beefing with. I think I'm... This is kind of a broad answer, but like I'm beefing with, I guess, not even just social media, but all of it. I don't care anymore. I don't want to hear about it. And I, I insert whatever you want where it is. I just like 
enough, whatever it is, just shut. I don't care. So it it's really driven me off of social media. And if you follow me, uh, I post the picture for whoever the podcast guest is on Monday on Instagram, and then maybe a picture of the dog midweek. And that's it. I don't, I don't post anything else. Cause whatever you say, you could literally be like, I just had a great bowl of ice cream mm -hmm. and someone's going to be like, what do you have against frozen yogurt? What the fuck? <laughs> racist. You feel like I just, people need to learn what the word racist means. Um, not everything is a Nazi that you don't like look up world war two and educate yourself because uh, you know, somebody telling you, you can't uh, whatever stand there is not a Nazi that it, Nazis are very bad. It's a very bad thing. So don't like lessen it by putting in people who don't like a certain kind of ice cream. Um, so I guess that's what I'm beefing with because I want to care. And, and I, but I feel like everyone is, the trend is to be offended now. Everyone just wants to be offended and stand, and stand for something. Up, yeah, yeah, stand up for the, for, for the right. And, it's, and usually it's just like, shh. The tipping point for me, and I'll try to be really quick with this, um, I don't know if you followed any of the stuff when Corey Feldman uh, unveiled his documentary about the child abuse that he endured and that Haim endured. And uh, it, you know, it's something that he privately financed and made on his own. But then in order to try to actually show the thing, he needed insurance because anyone who's named is obviously going to try to sue. And that's really expensive. So he had an angel investor who stepped in and fronted that for a lot of money. Now, like any production, the your average audience member just wants it on Netflix or Hulu or just somewhere where it's virtually free, if not totally free. So the second you ask somebody to actually pay for their entertainment, they're angry. And uh, he sold tickets to this event. He was going to screen it at the DGA, but it was going to be simulcast online if you bought a ticket. And unfortunately, I don't know the specifics of it. He was claiming that their servers were being attacked by people. I don't know. It just, the stream wasn't working. And if you were following that night on the chat, the, the way people were acting, it was so disgusting because they did screen the movie at the DGA. It just didn't work online and it was going to have to be streamed later mm -hmm. and so someone who was there said i'll spare you all the wait here are the names these are the people who molested him and he he writes these five names now there's actually something that's disturbingly funny about that which i'll get to in a second but everyone wanted these ridiculously huge stars they wanted steven wanted spielberg. spielberg yep yeah. i remember they wanted spielberg they wanted Spielberg, they wanted Tom Hanks. And when it wasn't, and it was all names that he had said before, they were angry and they wanted their money back. Now think about how fucking disgusting that is. They don't care about Corey Feldman or Corey Haim or any of these children that have been abused. They wanted entertainment. They wanted a fucking Roman gladiator fucking match and they wanted to see somebody burn. And if it wasn't a big enough name to appease them, then this was bullshit and they wanted their money back. I was so heartbroken and I understand that, you know, there's always going to be assholes who are the loudest online, but it was so many people saying this and it was just heartbreaking. Now, the person, if you remember this, who, who first tweeted from the theater, these are the five names. 
Well, his autocorrect screwed up one of those names and said Bob Saget by mistake. <laughs> so poor Bob Saget woke up to, I always knew it. I knew Bob Saget was a yeah, fuck Bob Saget. And, you know, thankfully that got resolved quickly. But um, that was the moment where I was like, man, the things that everyone claims they're, they're for or against, it's not about that at all. They want to see high profile people suffer and they want to show everyone else who they're friends with on Facebook. They want to show them what a good person they are because they're so offended by Mr. Potato Head or whatever the latest <laughs> thing is. So, um, and it it's really unfortunate. It really, really does come down to that, that sense of um, kind of like moral superiority. I will say that we were definitely doubtful on, because I remember the premiere with Corey Feldman, we were a little doubtful on the Wolfpack hacking his servers just because he seems to be a little flashy with some of the stuff. It felt a little WWE, but again, I don't know enough on the inside, <laughs> but just putting things on front street. Cause we were critical. We were critical of that. Not so much like the names and getting refunds or anything like that, but just the idea, like, cause remember he got stabbed and then like he has the wolf pack after him. That's the thing I'm not so sure. About. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know about any of that. I like, I don't want to sound callous and say, I don't really care about that stuff, but I just, yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, with Feldman, I think he his personality over the years has made a lot of people doubtful or just sort of, you know, he's become, I don't know, people, whether whether you can say it's validated or not, people can tend to be very cruel to him. But but I 100 percent believe uh, that he was molested. I believe that Haim was molested. And I believe that is an incredibly important story that needs to be out there and that you know, stuff needs to happen to start preventing that. And I think what he's doing is, is, is great. And it's very important. Um, and that's the other thing that bums me out is like the me too movement is so important and was accomplishing things and making strides and to see somebody like Weinstein or Bill Cosby, who was untouchable, um, go down for what they were doing was important. But then when it started to become, you know, an ex-boyfriend that I don't like anymore, or, or, yeah. the, you know, it just, someone needed to be at the wheel to say, okay, I hear you. And yes, that story is very important and you should have your voice heard, but let's not call it this, what we're doing here. Like, you know, and how do you do that? Of course you can't, but um, it just, everything started getting lumped in and it's diluting the message of some of these incredibly important stories and these brave women who need to be heard. And um, so that's, I guess, if I'm beefing with anything and I'm going to be completely honest, that's been the thing that's been bothering me the most is just that whole mentality and the mob going after anybody. Anyone can say anything and then everybody just jumps on so fast. And um, yeah. Well, so even with, uh, with Corey Feldman, he had to apologize for just saying that he didn't have issues with Michael Jackson. He just said that like that he'd never had that experience in his relationship and they hounded him for that. And he basically had to apologize because they made it well, seem like he was lessening other victims. Yeah, I think um, the way he phrased that was the right way to do it because he still stands by the fact that Michael Jackson didn't molest him because Michael Jackson didn't molest anybody. But uh, I think that him changing it to say, my experience was this and not, not just go casting judgment on anybody. There's more to it though, behind the scenes with why he had to say that but we, I, we won't get into that here or I won't shut up for hours. Well, Joe, uh, now what people that eat ice cream are you beefing with? 
<laughs> I mean, after Adam's diatribe, I don't think uh, I, I love everybody. Everybody's the greatest, except for Frank Grillo. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So there you yeah, go. There you go. There, there it is. <laughs> I've heard just bits and pieces of the Frank Grillo stuff. Now, that was on the film with Anthony Mackie, right? Yes, it was. I mean, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but he's kind of like, does he raise his eyebrows when you're like, fuck Frank, Frank Grillo? Or does he just shake his head like, I know what's going on. I know what he means. Who? You mean Frank himself? Well, Anthony Mackie, does he understand? Does he think you're... No, no, an no. Anthony, who's known Frank for a long time, you know, thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever, would yeah, just look yeah. over at me and just go, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then and then he'd go, want to watch Last Dragon? Yeah. So, like, you know, it was, it was how fun. you do it. That's the right exactly. way. Exactly. Like, kill him with kindness and class. And that's that's the Anthony Mackie way. Uh, now, I know we got to wrap up soon. Um, let me uh, bust in a couple quick ones here. Um, now, uh, when you guys, you guys have kind of alluded to this in the past and even like, especially Adam, like, cause you guys put a lot of work in your podcast and your Patreon. I really respect that. Cause we feel like we do the same, especially with our Patreon. There are a lot of shows or people that kind of coast by with just giving a thanks or whatever, but you guys put a lot of content out there. Now, does that sometimes become like a, a detriment or is it always just an investment in your brand? Wow. Um, good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, look, it's, it is a ton of work and I'm sure you understand that. Um, I don't, I think a lot of people think what, so you talk for a few hours, they don't understand all the other stuff that goes into that with, with editing, with posting things. But a lot of things. times it's because there are podcasts that have bookers and editors and producers and we do it all. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a Herculean effort at times. And the Patreon stuff, especially we put so much into that. Um, Even just the pre-shows. Yeah. The, the, we do a monthly live episode and it started out as like a half hour pre-show where there would just be, it was just Arwen and I DJing playing music. So when people got there early, there was something and you know, they would, everyone would talk with each other. Now, Every pre-show is two hours. Sometimes they're almost like two-hour documentaries, like behind the There's music videos now. And stuff. Now, that said, let me just stop you there. There is nothing better than, and I'm sure you feel the same way, when you get those giddy little moments when something comes together or you get excited about something. And we get off on showing each other like pre-shows and cuts of things like sometimes those are hard to come by, especially when you're on like big projects that are such, you know, like a, a machine, you don't get those small victories. So a lot of times it's just, even if it's keeping us, our creative juices flowing, it feels like having helps. a hobby again. Yes. Um, because when you do this for a living, you don't have a hobby at all. No. And um, so I used to DJ uh, way back in the day when I first was trying to get started, I was the DJ at the, the Rainbow Bar and Grill here in Hollywood. And then in college, I DJed. And I hadn't touched that stuff in years. But then doing the pre-shows um, back when... Uh, oh, shit. God damn, damn it. it. We're going to have to go soon. Um, yeah. Uh, we did a... Two years ago, we did a... One of the pre-show was a Michael Jackson pre-show because it was shortly after leaving Neverland had come out, which was extremely problematic. Again, I won't get into that here, but uh, in order to try to keep the music out there and not subscribe to the cancellation thing, it was like, all right, we'll do a two hour Michael Jackson pre-show. And then I busted out the old DJ skills and did this Arwen 
Arwen did it. Uh, that was the best comment when it was happening, by the way. When I played this thing, somebody actually wrote, did the dog really do this? Um, it's just easier to give the dog credit for things. You know, it's just, it's called being humble, people. Um, but, uh, but getting to do that again and then see the reaction and like, you know, make music again, uh, as much as you can consider DJing making music, but hopefully you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. that's been really, really cool, but it is a ton of work. And it's sad that when you have a show that's really popular and that so many people listen to, and so few will even give, all we ask for is $1. That's it. $1 a month. And, uh, just to get the full version of every new episode and access to ask the guest questions and Hollywood therapy and the other things we do. And it's people a bargain. Get, just it, 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 yeah, it's a dollar. It's a dollar and people just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and as you guys know, um, you know, these days, nobody wants to pay for entertainment and between streaming and piracy, if you're going to try to do your own thing and do independent stuff, uh, it is next to impossible to make a living these days. Like we're both very lucky that we got started when we did and that we have the followings that we have but I don't, I feel so bad for somebody who's just breaking now. Maybe they have a movie that's like tearing it up on festivals or, you know, something like that. And then it comes out and everyone steals it or they just wait to stream it and their investors never get their money back. They never see any profit on it. Um, we've already seen some people who we were so excited about come and go. Mm -hmm. Like they had to go do something else. So when you're asking for a dollar for, what it is that we do and the majority won't do it. It, it can definitely break your heart, but we just try to through Patreon, we just focus on the people that do support us. And that's all we try to think about. And that's all we care about. And then it, it just makes it a lot easier and you're not sitting there feeling bad that what you do isn't worth anything to the majority of your audience you just focus on the people that do care and we've made amazing friends uh in that group on patreon mm -hmm. just the nicest people and they're so good to each other and it, it's, it's just become great. a little community which is great yeah it's yeah. really great to see that well yeah i know you guys gotta gotta bounce so i just want to say a few things here real quick so yeah uh, everything adam said uh on the patreon i love i'm in the patreon as well i like the little higher tiers because I love the podcast with the interviews, but I love when it's just you guys chilling and chatting for a bit as well. I, I need more of that. So that's great. Um, and of course, uh, if you're not aware, check out the new season of Creep Show. Uh, Joe's got a couple segments, uh, one that just aired today. So yes. Hype screams. So which we're going to watch right now, right after this. So well, we'll, after the interviews, we though. do. Uh, uh, commentaries for both of your creep show stories yep. which you can get in our patreon and by the way dude thank you so much for supporting what we do um, oh sure absolutely unaware Ar arwin also said thank you yes yeah. i don't know if you could hear her but she was saying thank you too but really that means the world especially when it's someone else who does this and who who gets it um really just thank you so so much for that oh absolutely and uh hopefully down the line maybe we can link up because i didn't get to ask you guys about white boy summer or the upcoming Aeriscope NFTs that might be coming out. Uh, but to finish it off, if you could both just give a message to all your haters. Haters? Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's mine. I guess- uh, well, We I don't guess, hate, we love. Yeah, I guess this would be a good insult. I, I was unaware 
that I had haters. Oh man, everybody hates you. I, well, well, I mean, what they say though is like, once you're popping, you're gonna have haters. It's like a good thing to have haters, kind of. Well, I oh, and also to the dude from Culture Crypt who just spent eighty percent of his review on Creep Show railing on how I like fanboyed over Cronenberg uh, during my American Cinematheque thing. You know what, dude? Suck my cock. He's like, I'm sorry that you didn't get to do you know, like hang out with Cronenberg. Oh, boo hoo. Don't don't blame me for the reason why you didn't like fucking pipe screams. Don't don't denigrate all the fucking hard work that all those people did behind and in front. Don't you dare take it out on Barbara Crampton, you son of a bitch. There you go. Right. This is the beef we're looking for. Enjoy. <laughs> Um, Adam loves everybody, so don't don't worry about him. Yeah, I, maybe I'm just naive. I just or I don't listen to well, it. Well, it's I guess. not that you know. hate anyone, but if anyone out there is just wasting their time hating on you, what do you have to say to them? You're wasting your time. Yeah, really. Yeah. Don't hate. Love. I made a great life for myself. I'm a very happy person. Go hate somebody who you can affect with your hate, and maybe you'll feel better in whatever sick way you're trying to to get off by hating on somebody. But just don't waste your time. Go do something else. It's not going to get you anywhere. Being For miserable. all the all the energy that's spent on pissing and moaning and flaming people and trolling people, that could be used for good. That could be used for saving dogs or creating, you know, something that you can call your own art, so that someone else can say that you suck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to go. I'm also going to go check out uh, the new episode of Creep Show. So, well, thank you. And hopefully, you don't hate it. <laughs> And again, we're very, very sorry to hear about your loss and thinking good thoughts for Lucy. Yes. And thank you for doing this. And we hope that you raise a bunch of money for uh, millions and millions of dollars. King Charles. Uh, and yes, uh, we just thank you for doing what you're doing. And uh, congratulations on all of it. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. You too. Bye.